Hi, welcome to Restoratively Yours, Belvedere Youth Club podcast series about restorative practice. I am Jenny Courtney, BYC's General Manager. We are a youth club based in Dublin in our city and in 2019 we embarked on a journey to become a restorative hub in the community. Restorative practice, RP in short, is a philosophy and a set of practices focusing on building and maintaining good relationships and dealing with conflict in a healthy way when it occurs. For us, it has become the way we want to do everything. In this series, you will hear our story, the ups and the downs of our journey through different voices. Dorothy, our RP consultant, will guide you along the way. We hope it will be inspiring and enlightening. and welcome to the second episode of Restoratively Yours. Um, Today you'll hear about the refurbishment of the building as part of the project. So BYC building is on Lower Buckingham Street in North Inner City, Dublin, not far from Connolly Station. When facing the building, you don't suspect how big it is. It's a small terraced house with a basement. When you enter the building, there is a workroom for the staff um, just on the right. Then the stairs that lead to the first floor where the manager's offices are. The corridor from the front door leads to a first room for young people on the right with a pool table, coaches, TV and computers. And at the bottom of the corridor, a huge sports hall. Uh, stairs lead to the basement where you can find three more youth workrooms, the kitchen, the toilets, and a small room to relax. So if the refurbishment didn't drastically change the building, it did have a powerful transformative effect. And you'll hear from Dara, board member, Jonathan, and some young people on this topic. Did you know the, the youth club before it was refurbished? You know it had yeah, been... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how this was it? Was, this room was for art, but it was like a lot. The design was like dirty or if like... It, there was a lot more like grey and now they've like made it all white and vibrant and stuff. Yeah, before you like it, was, it like that? Yeah, before it was very dull. Okay, great. Do you want to say something about this room? Yeah. It's a very nice room to come and just do music in and just feel free. So the, the, the other thing I do on the board is I, they ask me from time to time to do something with the buildings because I'm an architect. So when um, we were putting together the, the funding proposal for the restorative practice, one of the things we wanted to do was get the building ready and to be useful for that so you know the the Belvedere Youth Club has a long history it was started in 2000 uh, sorry 1918 it was started because um after the 1916 rising the middle of the city was was uh, a lot of it was destroyed um and people in Belvedere College were looking down at the city thinking how can we help and 
they kind of decided that they wanted to help kids and they asked past pupils of the college to to help out so it be, became the I think originally it was called the Belvedere Social Services um, Society or something like that um, anyway they they used to rent rooms around the city we were on the south side in Pierce Street for a little bit and and then it moved to the north side and it was around Gardner Street and that's our that's our main turf if, if you like it's that's uh place we've been working in for the longest and they moved around in into different buildings but in the 80s uh, they uh, built uh, they raised the money and they built this place here in Buckingham Street uh, so at the time it, 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 the, the hall was a was a big thing to have um, it's a huge benefit and then it, underneath the hall is the basement where we are now and there was a number of different rooms down here and all the rooms had a specific purpose so there was an art room there was a drama room there was a a, a, a teenager room we call it a nickel room for a nickel project but but the rooms weren't really used very well and in the middle of all of that stuff there was a lot of uh, toilets and changing rooms and bathrooms which also weren't a good use of space and then there was no space for staff there was no kind of manager's office. There was no place for a manager to meet with a staff member, for example. Or, um, so the, the, while, we ha- while the building was, was big and it, it was useful for, for the young people and so on, um, it wasn't, you know, as, as, as time went by, we'd always been a voluntary organization. You just can't be a voluntary organization anymore. It's a professional business and professional standards are demanded from your funders and, and from the people um, uh, um, responsible for making sure you're doing a good job, you know. Um, so there's standards in, in the youth work. So um, so what, what we did was we started looking at, uh, you know, the kind of spaces that we wanted to have in the building and where we could find that extra space. So that was kind of simple in that we we looked at all the space we weren't using well, like these changing rooms and toilets, they were taking up too much space. So we could redesign those so they took up a lot less space and we could uh, make the, the rooms either side of that block bigger. The next thing we did was we decided that we weren't going to have um, purpose purpose-built rooms we were going to have flexible rooms so they could be used for anything so any room could be an art room any room could be a youth work room you could do everything in any room and that that gave us a lot more freedom to work with more people with more flexibility and that was a that was a big thing and the other thing we did was we made some staff accommodation and so we made a general manager office where there's meetings and you can you can have a meeting there and there's another office room then for people to do their stuff in so upstairs was um a a snooker room they had a number of different pool tables but from a fire point of view it wasn't safe so we we had to make that corridor on the ground floor and so that we provided better uh uh, fire a- a exit kind of strategy and we also put a lift in which is a huge thing in a hundred years we w- weren't 
ever to, uh, able to deal with someone with a with physical disability. Uh, and now we we have a lift, um, and it um, we we've, we we're able to cater for for everybody now. It's very it's re- it's really really good. So then the the next part of it was to kind of layer the the restorative practice function on it. So uh, what we did there was we in on all of the three youth work rooms in the on the basement. We have a circle or an oval on the floor and we have an oval on the ceiling. And that's kind of brightens up the room. It makes it a little bit more interesting. And it's uh, the, the kind of a little bit biophilic in that there's a little bit of timber, a little bit of colour, a little bit of natural materials, not all concrete block. Um, but also it's to kind of to set up the room for a restorative circle before and after we do anything. It was kind of, it's kind of self-evident in in that every restorative meeting happens in a circle there's nothing in the middle as a barrier or a screen to that you can hide behind um so it it was it was that simple it was a, a restorative circle and it just now the rooms weren't quite square so we made them ovals rather than circles but it, um i i just think it's it's like a touchstone in in every room that you know, when you start a meeting like that and you're sitting around the circle on the floor and under the circle on the ceiling, it just holds the memory of what you're about. You're, 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 you're here um, doing, doing the do, doing whatever you're doing, and lots of people do lots of different things, but it's all within that restorative context. And it's just a reminder, a kind of touchstone, so that you're able to stay in touch with that idea. Um, uh, and it's very simple. It's, it doesn't cost anything, um, but it's powerful at the same way. And it, it's a little bit like restorative practice. It doesn't cost anything. It's very simple, uh, but it has a big impact. You know, it's a powerful, it's a powerful technique. The buildings itself actually are inconsequential. Um, they, they're just they're they're like a, a stage set. Uh, they just allow the drama to happen. So the, the process, it, it, like all of these things, actually getting to starting building, uh, it takes much, much longer than the actual build. So an actual activity starts happening. It's actually fairly quick and straightforward and all the money is spent in a, in a flood. But actually getting from the start to that point takes a long time. So... I mean, the building itself took uh, six months or nine months or something. Uh, but we were in the middle of COVID, so uh, we got hit by COVID. So it, it was delayed slightly. So I think it might have taken 12 months overall, which was, but I think, pretty good on, under the circumstances. So then at the very beginning, um, we started thinking about you know, making changes to the building. There was one conversation about that. And then there was another conversation about restorative practice. And then these two, these two things came together uh, with the bid for, um, for the, the CFI um, project. And uh, we said, we'll, we'll put in a proposal for it. And uh, we said we'd, 
we couple the two things together. We do the building and the and the research marks because they kind of both are 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 symbiotic. They're they're, they're both help each other. <clears throat> and you know, since the building was built in the eighties, really nothing had been done to it. Um, so it'd been painted a few times, but I mean there were things that needed to be done. Anyway, so we we got the feedback first. Uh, yeah, you you have an interesting. Um, a project here but you know it's not really meaty enough do you think you could put a bit more into it now we learned we learned afterwards that actually our proposal there was many different proposals put in but our proposal jumped out at at um the, the people who were assessing them and but but we didn't know but the 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 person who the, the SNBC, we didn't know about SNBC at the time, but they they wanted to spend more money than we, we had on our project. But they could see that the impact of our our thing was was deep and meaningful and targeted and so on. And I guess they also saw that we were an organisation that could deliver on what we were saying. So we okay, we'll put you know we we'll think about it a bit more and we we rejigged it and whatever and. And put it back in again, and then they came back to us and said, "Yeah, we'd we'd like to talk to you about it." So, so then the first the first thing then was from a building point of view was getting um, planning application, and then we had to get a fire cert, and then we had to get a uh, we had sorry we had to procure a, a design team uh, to to do the work, uh, and we got a very good architect, Michael Gowan, um, in. Uh, he, well, they're, they're no longer in business, but uh, Michael Gowan was 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 great. Um, so he he put together the the tender package, and then then there was all the the funding approvals and you know all that kind of stuff. And then we we started the work, and um, I mean the first first bit of the work was knocking stuff down and getting rid of. Like the staff were in here two weeks before we started emptying out these um, storerooms uh, full of junk, you know, full of stuff. And they're taking the exam. What is this? <laughs> Why do we have a store? You know, it was just it was full of things, you know. Um, so, but I, I guess it was a part of a mentality that said, I, I, I don't know what this is for. I don't know if we could use it. It might be worth something. I'm not throwing it away and, and keeping it. But um, so it was a real fresh start. You could get rid of all this junk, uh. clear out the place and then get it back to, uh, you know, so each of the rooms is a clear room and then there's a storeroom associated with it. And then there's this room we're in at the moment, which is a room to chill out. So if if someone does have a meltdown or there is an incident, there's a safe place that people can come. Uh, and it's also used for, for this meet, small meetings and so on. So the, the kids were involved in, in, in um, some of the ideas. Uh, we, wanted, we wanted them to pick colours. Uh, there was a couple of things we wanted them to do that just, just didn't work out. And, and that was partly to do with COVID, but partly uh, timing and, and so on. Um, but they did look at the. They were shown the the designs, and you know it wasn't that uh, like there wasn't very much we could change or wanted to change. But they did understand what we were doing, and they did understand why we were doing it. 
um, and they were involved in the whole uh, the whole kind of adventure of it. So the rooms that had so on Buckingham Street, there's a, a very small house on the street. It's there's there's two windows on the on the first floor, and there's one window on the ground floor with the door. It's a very small little house. Uh, but it op- it, the, the site goes all the way back through to Beaver Row at the back. So the site actually gets bigger as you, as you go back. Uh, the hall is the biggest space and we've put that where the widest parts of the, in the 80s, they, they put it where they could fit it. And, there's a, and they made it as big as they could make it. But that means that the rooms in the basement are very limited as- access to light. So the room, there was light, you're able to get light at the back of the building. And so what we did there was we, in, we had, there was a very kind of small window. We made the window bigger. We made it all the way down to the ground. There was a kind of drainage and flooding issues outside. So we had to sort all those out. So the room was going to be safe. Uh, there was fire access issue as well. So we had to maintain all that. And, and then all we did was try to make the little space outside the window as, as bright as we could. We painted it and we put some uh, artificial grass down so we could maintain it, but it looked a little bit brighter. But because we made the, just the window opening bigger and we took away all the little warren of little walls and rooms inside and made one big room, suddenly now you have a room with a window. And we did the same thing at the, at the front of the building. Uh, the window was there, we made it a little bit bigger and the space outside, we just painted the space outside. So when you're looking through the window, you weren't looking at a dark, dank wall full of rubbish, you know. Um, also, the, a lot of the windows here were, were, you know, in the past, there were lots of bars and grills and defensive stuff, you know. So we tried to take, take away as much of that as we could as well. Um, uh, so that stuff was kind of... You know, you couldn't really do. We did what we could do, and it was very simple. And um, it wasn't uh, it didn't take a rocket scientist to do it. You know. Well, I, I kind of uh, I knew I knew this before, but uh, it kind of um, it this project really reinforced it for me. So the buildings, the buildings are important because they hold the space that we work in. The important thing is the work, not the buildings. So you, what you want to do is you want the spaces to work as simply and directly as you can for the work and, and f- almost for the building just to disappear and, and not, not pose any impediment to the process that's happening inside the building. And I think we've done that really well here um, the building is a little bit strung out there's a couple of different levels but having the lift kind of helps brings all that into play again which is great um, but it, it, like from my my job as an architect is to set up that stage set and then let the adventure of life happen in the stage set uh, so it it's not having uh, just supporting that, that the purpose of the organization and the building supporting the kids in that uh, and that that's that's kind of what I was trying to do here and I think I, I'm really happy that we've we've achieved 
like most of it, you know. And like the budget wasn't extravagant. Uh, like there was lots of challenges that we we had to overcome. Like there was changes during the building work where, you know, we had to find money ourselves to pay for additional work that suddenly we realized needed to be done when we started opening things up. But like God is good and we found the money and we managed to, 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 to get it over the line. And it's a tremendous success, I think. Yeah. How are you? My name is Aaron yeah. and you are in the homework room. Yeah. So this is where everybody does the homework. There's a pool table and there's some Lego, there's some pictures of people, there's some chairs to do your homework, there's a... Never mind this beauty Barbie house. It's a beautiful Barbie house. And we have, a, we have a horse here from the toy pit. You want to have fun, you're going to play with the dog. And Connor, right. I'm going to let Connor take off. No, you you keep on And oh, so, yeah. Connor, Connor, do you beautiful like... Beautiful window. Yeah. This beautiful window. Well, beautiful view. Beautiful window. A beautiful yeah. view. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful window. And you can see... And then the... Oh yeah, and there's uh, astro grass and some plants. And there's a face. And you can see people up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, which room is your favourite in the building, Connor? Ooh. Mm. The one with the pool table. No. So the, the upstairs one, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's let's go to the other one. that we, We've done the music room. And you, yeah, you. My favourite room's the kitchen because you get all the foods. <laughs> Yeah, it's transformative. In the room I'm sitting in now, this used to be the Nickel Project, the North Inner City Keeps On Learning, and it was a cold, dark room. It used to have boats in the corner, and it was a it was a project for youth diversion where you'd come basically if you were a bold child or if you committed a crime out in society. So you basically came through the youth club, look at all the fancy stuff upstairs. That was down here, and it was a very dark and dull. There was no lighting. There was lighting, but it was very dim. It was old. There was a lot of doors into different rooms. And, but the doors basically didn't have exits, so you'd walk into a room and you'd have to walk out the same door. And that was sort of very confined. And again, there was a bit of a sort of a stigma from upstairs, or you have to be a bowl child to go down there. So a lot down here, there was not there was very few programs apart from the art room down here, where you come down here. So you'd only come down here basically in the nickel place, as in a bowl, bad child, or you go and do a small bit of art, or you go down for some food. And the drama room basically was a was a was a pillar of vibrance, but that then subsided when Jonathan left previously, you know. So it was real dark and real dull and dingy and cold and it's like now it's absolutely it's trans transformative you know what I mean like the difference in it now compared to when I was there I used to bring people in I'd show around upstairs and then I'd bring them downstairs and they would quick whip around and back upstairs not that we were sort of embarrassed or ashamed but we always felt like it was real cold and dark and it influenced the conversation you nearly squint and looking at each other now it's just like a, a pillar of vibrance you love bringing them down here I oftentimes come down here to do a piece of work that I need to do because of the surroundings and what, what it entails you know thank you for listening to our podcast and stay tuned for our next episodes